Another real-world road test from RadioLeMond.com. Check out more at RadioLeMond.com. Hello, everybody. This is John Hindoff, and our latest machine on test is this BMW X535i X-Drive, and it's been added to with a few very nice, pretty M goodies as well. Real-world road tests. Well, let's start with the styling. It's clearly a BMW, and you don't have to read the blue propeller badge on the front of it to tell you that. The double kidney grille, the aggressive stance and the edginess of the front valance and spoiler area, well, they absolutely shout BMW. They also, I think, shout far more sports car than they do SUV or crossover. And that's no bad thing, for although we would think this BMW at, what, 2,800 kilos was one of the larger SUVs uh, over here in the States, um, it really isn't the biggest thing on the road by a long chalk. And if its size isn't going to catch people's attention, then the styling certainly has to. What's very interesting to me is down here that the, the wings, all plastic, front valance, all plastic, bonnet, same, all plastic, so weight saving in that 2800 kilos, but still clearly quite a big beast. Now, coming around from the front of the car, past the fog lamps to the wheel arch extensions that this uh, M Pack car has got, and the very, very pretty multiple spoke 20 inch M alloys. I have to say the tyres on these don't look really like they could do very much off-road working, very much more a street tyre. And, well, I've got to say that I haven't been a big fan of the bangled BMWs. Chris Bangle, who rather controversially came up with this uh, flame styling on the sides of lots of the other BMWs. Well, that's rather past the X5 by. It's one of the older designs, and... Whilst it is beginning to look dated, it's missed the excesses of, of Chris Bangle's pen or design pad or whatever it is that these people use nowadays. Yes, it has a styling line right down the side of the car, right through the front and rear door handles, but it's uh, parallel to the ground and shows no <laughs> designs, if you'll pardon the pun, on whizzing away and trying to break up the rather slab-sided rear of this car. But it kind of... I can't find that kind of refreshing. And the the whole car really is just saying, well, you know, I'm going to do what it says on the tin. Round at the back, it, well, there have been a few changes down the years. Say somebody with a strimmer just coming to uh, make my life difficult as I'm uh, working along here. Um... Round the back, there has been some changes down through the years. Uh, the tailgate area and the lamps obviously have been uh, redesigned and had a little bit of a, a freshen up at, at various stages in this car's lifespan. Uh, one of the things that I really like, as almost seems ubiquitous on these type of uh, luxury SUVs nowadays, it's a powered tailgate, but in a rather Range Rover style, the bottom part of the tailgate flips down separately and leaves a nice little bench that you can sit on and have a cup of tea or you can pull stuff out and work on it there with the tailgate up you'd even be out of the worst excesses of the weather now as you can hear if i stick my head in there's a tonneau cover there which i'll roll back it's not the biggest 
in terms of its luggage capacity, but one thing that is going for it is it's big and it's flat and it's square. Um, very, very regular in terms of its dimensions. There is a seven-seat option to this car, which adds a little bit of weight, and obviously you lose quite a lot of the rear space. I'll be honest with you and say I don't know where they fit the seven seats. We have had cars in the past, like the Q7 and the Pathfinder, where the seventh, uh, sixth and seventh seats come up out the floor and you really don't see them, and also they are practical. I'm not sure how BMW would squeeze that in, but anyway, this is a five-seater. It does have a plug an electric plug in the back for your accessories if you want to take a cooler uh, and that handy tonneau comes across the top if you did want to take that out you'd have to find somewhere to store it of course because it's on a, uh, a solid bar that goes across be behind the back seats right let's close this up and go and sit in the car and the first thing I'm going to do is the patent handoff test of sitting behind oneself to make sure there is enough space so the seat uh, memory adjustable of course uh, is set for me I sit in the back and acres of space I would say three or four inches maybe more between myself and the rear seat my knees in no danger at all a little bit tighter on the headroom now I'm just under six feet uh, I am slightly long in body and I feel a little close to the trailing edge of this glorious full-length sunroof there's a little bit of a, an indentation there that just allows my head to clear the black head lining. But this is a nice place to be. There are side sun blinds, rear headrests and, of course, three seat belts. If you'd rather, you can have the middle part of the rear backrest folded down for somewhere to put your soft drinks. Separate controls for the rear for the climate control uh, and the heater. Plug point in the back for electrical accessories and on this car as an option as well heated rear seats which we haven't had to use whilst we've been here in florida also air vents on the b pillar just to my left and right which is rather nice door pockets well adequate rather than spacious but you know it's a door pocket what do you need to put in there Let's go to the business end. The ultimate driving machine is BMW's tagline, has been for some time. And as I slam the front door and sit in, well, nothing's very much changed since the first time I drove a BMW many years ago. In some ways that's comforting, but it does mean that all of this uh, driver-orientated front end is looking a little bit dated. I really love this thick steering wheel, multifunction with the uh, two colours of blue and red stripe and the M on, of course, for the uh, BMW Motorsport theme. Uh, if I were honest, the car in uh, white looks pretty good. I'm not sure I like the uh, fawn interior. Leather seats, of course, and uh, four door cappings, in, uh, four wood door cappings. Uh, but going back to the dashboard... It's a bit 1970s or 1980s. Crackle black finish. It's, and have a listen to this. It's rather hard to touch. None of the, not for BMW, the softer feel, more touchy-feely materials. Glove box over here. Nice. Damped. Uh, with enough room to throw a few bits and pieces in. The 
owner's handbook is in the back. One of the great things that I like about this car, however, is the centre console. It opens up in two parts. It's got somewhere for your MP3 player to plug in. You get power. You can control it from the iDrive here on the right-hand side of the, of course, automatic gearbox. And here as well, somewhere to plug in your phone with a separate power point uh, and Bluetooth your phone, uh, if you so wish to, into the car. Nice. It works well. Keeps all your bits and pieces out of sight. So what about the controls and uh, the features in the front end of this car? Well, heated seats. Uh, there's climate control for both passenger and driver. Uh, again, a very dated-looking radio setup, uh, which is, you know, push buttons, almost looks like an old Blaupunk radio has been squashed and shoved into the dashboard. Now, I don't have a problem with that. I, I, I think it's refreshing to see that. Of course, most of the things can be controlled from the iDrive here on this car. Being a left-hand drive, I'm using my right hand to do it. It's a, a rotating almost like a mouse control, uh, which you can push, you can rotate it uh, clockwise and anti-clockwise, and you can click it in four dimensions as well to make your selections. It's surrounded by uh, seven buttons for various options and menus, and whilst I wouldn't say it's the very worst that I have used in terms of being intuitive... It's not the easiest either. It seems just to be a little clunky, rather too many clicks, and I accept this, and yes, I should, and oh, can I please go there now, particularly on the satellite system, uh, which is very good. The software for the sat-nav is very good, but getting your address in there, firing it up, there just seems to be two or three or four too many clicks before the machine actually starts to give you the guidance. Also here, what is now the norm, uh, an electronic handbrake, which has got a, an auto hold feature on it, which is rather cool, particularly uh, in an automatic car. It means when you come into a set of traffic lights or a, a junction where you have to stop if you've, if you've uh, selected the auto hold, then the electronic handbrake comes on for you. It's, v it, it's barely perceptible when it comes on, and when you accelerate, it gently takes it off again. And again, no jerking or jumping of that. It's a pretty neat feature. The gear lever, very tactile in uh, what looks to be aluminium and leather. Uh, it's uh, not the easiest thing to get into gear and run if you don't know how it works. There is an unlock button for your thumb here on the left-hand side to take it out of park, and then you select... Uh, either reverse or drive. Click it over to the left-hand side uh, into the uh, semi-automatic area and you've got uh, a choice of changing up and down the gearbox yourself. This is an 8-speed automatic, by the way, and this. Uh, you'd think that meant it would be changing gears every five minutes, but no. The six-cylinder, three-litre engine producing round about 300 horsepower, just a little over, uh, seems to have plenty of torque. And again, the gear changes are very, very smooth. It's a nice thing, that gear lever. You kind of want to rest your hand on it whilst you're driving. There's also a sport button behind here, as this is one of the uh, M cars, which just tautens and tightens and does all the things that sport buttons do on there. Around that steering wheel that I talked about, you've got... Uh, three stalks that you're going to use on a regular basis on the right hand side obviously the wipers automatic 
uh, feature on there is activated by a little button on the end. Uh, these, again, will be very familiar to people who have had BMWs down the years. The stalk design and the dashboard design haven't changed very much. On the left-hand side, there's a cruise control, uh, which is slightly counterintuitive if you've got cruise control in your car you normally set it by pushing a button well that is the resume on this one if you use cruise control a lot you'll know what i'm talking about but honestly once you've driven it for half a day you get used to it uh, then the headlights auto headlights on this one which is a, a great feature i really think that that is uh, something that we should be looking for and standard on every car auto headlights and auto main beam selectable here uh, also a button on the end of that to cycle through your driver information system uh, as well as um, being able to uh, look at different uh, bits of information on the on the screen and in fact you can even reset your miles per gallon and your journeys etc just towards my left knee this would be a right knee in a right hand drive car you've got a rotary switch for your uh, lamps themselves whether they're on off or on the auto plus the fog lamps and a little eye button that seems to be hanging off the front of the car and that one of the most intriguing features of this car not unique we have seen it before a head-up display we've seen various gm cars with that in the past i love it i think it's great you can select what you want to display on it it's mainly informational rather than in a sports car where you can have things like your rev counter and such like its speed its directions from your navigation system it's where you whether your cruise control is set or not and what speed it's at and frankly anything that means you don't have to take your you your eyes off the road and glance down to the central part of the car gets a big thumbs up for me it does take a little bit of getting used to but you can adjust how far it appears to be ahead of you and how far up and down it is in your eye line and once you've got that comfortable i think you'll find it's pretty much second nature the centre of the dashboard dominated by the aircon controls, the air vents and of course the big screen uh, which is full colour nowadays as one would expect. Uh, Self-dipping rear mirror and then all the controls for the sunroof in the overhead almost aircraft-like console that again if you've had BMWs in the past you will be very, very familiar with this. I do like the sunroof. Um, it is... Uh, a full length sunroof in terms of how much glass there is although it doesn't all fold back but there's a nice feature where if you just tap the button both of the pieces of the glass roof flip up and the sunshade goes back a little bit that makes a huge difference to how the uh, how the air flows through the car and then with simple one touches you don't have to keep your finger on the button you can take back the sunshade and then subsequently take that all the way back and if necessary open the sunroof in a timely manner it's it's really nice to get a bit of fresh air through the car uh, we're so used to air conditioning now of course that many cars don't bother with sunroofs in the uk and from my point of view it's nice to see that feature back so everything you'd really expect from a premium quality bmw including keyless entry and starting on this X535i, this is the four-wheel drive, so it's now X-Drive, of course, from BMW. But as with any BMW, we mentioned it, it's the ultimate driving machine. So the proof of this pudding is in the eating, and the eating is out on the road. Real-world road tests. So as we have discussed, being behind the wheel of this BMW x 5 
xDrive 3.5, which is a 3 litre, uh, is a very nice place to be, as you might expect with a, a car whose tagline is the ultimate driving machine. Everything falls to hand pretty well. And I probably can't overstress the fact of how good this steering wheel feels. The engine uh, in normal usage is, is willing. 8-speed uh, automatic gearbox. And when you want to go a little bit quickly, the 300 horsepower is delivered from fairly well down the gearbox. The rev range, rather. And that is from a standstill to... 60 miles an hour, a little bit more than that in no time at all it's a relatively effortless car to drive you get the advantage as you would do in all of this type of vehicle, SUV or crossover, of sitting a little higher off the ground by no means is this the biggest of its type, particularly here on the roads in Florida in fairness, I think BMW have done a pretty good job of taming the weight, 2,800 kilos or thereabouts of this car. Running on the 20-inch rims, you expect a certain amount of road noise, and certainly if I was to hit the cat's eyes markings in the middle of the road, you'd hear the thump, 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 like this. But ultimately, that is noisy, but it's not really being transmitted through into the cabin at all and in that respect uh, the suspension engineers have done a very good job indeed now this isn't a sports car even though it's wearing m badges in various parts uh, of its anatomy however it does handle turn go and indeed stop pretty well the four-wheel drive of course helping with most of that you wouldn't throw it around like a sports car but the body roll for something like this, and particularly for a car of this rip, weight, is is manageable and not uncomfortable. The ride on the roads here in Florida has been good. Clearly, the smoother the roads, the better the ride. There is a little bit of road noise coming up from those tyres, but they are big and wide. And again, I, I really don't think you can blame the car for that. That's just a function of how the specification is. Now, we've done something in the region of 1,700 miles in the last 10 days or so in this car over a, a variety of types of journey, including one 300-mile run in a single day. Now, on that journey, we got about 24 miles to the uh, American Gallon. That would be sort of 28 or 29 uh, on a, an Imperial Gallon, maybe a little less. That's not too bad for a car uh, of this nature. However, when running on short journeys, the 3-litre petrol engine is a little bit thirsty. And getting over 20, even with the slippers on and being Johnny Softfoot, uh, is actually quite difficult. Uh, it's by no means the worst car we've driven in terms of its uh, emissions, but it is using quite a bit of fuel to get you from A to B. Now, the good news is that there is a big tank on this car, and even with petrol prices the way they are in America, um, it's still relatively cheap for a European like me to fill it up. It gives you a reasonable range on this car, but you do have to watch out, because as soon as you get down to about half tank, it does seem to disappear 
relatively quickly after that. So all in all, what sort of a package is it? I think pretty good. Uh, it's a BMW, so it has those BMW traits. And in fairness, those are traits that are not normally put together with an SUV or a vehicle of this type. Do I think it could be improved? Yes, I do. And certainly, it is beginning to look and feel a little bit dated when you consider some of the competition around. Just things like the design of the dashboard. And no amount of gimmickry and all of the toys that have been lavished on this car can really make you feel any different about that. If you love BMWs, even if you like BMWs, this car would be fine for you. There's nothing offensive here at all. If you have driven some of the premium rivals recently, and particularly over here in America when you have premium rivals um, with sub-brands of Nissan uh, and Toyota as well as Honda, then you're going to look at this car and think that it does need a little bit of a spruce up and a tidy up inside. The only one major criticism I have about the driving experience with this car revolves pardon the pun around the around the steering now i've already said the steering wheel is great and it is it's a fantastic place to put your hands and i know i've said this before in car tests but manufacturers honestly spend a bit more on the steering wheel it's the bit we touch the most and you'd be so surprised at how different an attitude you can have on a car to having a nice steering wheel the steering wheel's fine what isn't is the slight vagueness to the steering. And it's not just me that's noticed this. I was uh, a little bit worried that I was maybe being harsh on the car. And I've had a couple of other people dri driving it. And they've both said the same. That it does seem to have just a little bit of vagueness in the power assistance in the straight ahead position. Now that's particularly noticeable here in America when you've got a lot of straight roads where I think the other day we went 11 and a half miles without me having to actually negotiate any kind of corner. But you're still putting in small steering inputs, it seems, almost all the time, just to keep the car going in the right direction. Now, might that be a function of the wide tyres, maybe a bit of tram lining, the state of the roads? Yes, I'm sure that plays a part as well, but there's still something that is just not quite as confidence-inspiring as I would like from a car with a driving heritage like a BMW. That aside, it's a nice package. Certainly, as a long-distance cruiser, it's more than fulfilled uh, its role there. We've had five adults in the car, uh, and we've had four adults, plus luggage for a couple of weeks away, and it's performed all those tasks as you would expect it to do. So, if you fancy an SUV that has some sporting pretensions and certainly a sporting heritage, then the BMW X5 might still be the right car for you. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, go to www.radiolamont.com. Radio Show Limited. We talk to the world.